Welcome to the Huddlecast. I'm here with Cody. I'm Kyle. See how I did that? Took your yeah, you did. I'm Cody. I mean, that's redundant. Hey, can can we talk about my my children for a second? We don't. We don't have to do this. I love your kids. Well, yeah, we'll see if you love this. Yeah, I will. Um, (laughs) Every parent has a goal. I think. Well, every God oh, tell me more. has a goal. I don't think every parent has a goal anymore, this shared goal. And that is that your kids don't grow up and do drugs. I <laughs> I mean, I think that's a goal for most people. I think I in mean, this day and age, there are people goals. that probably don't there's agree with There's a that. lot of goals. I hope that you have a yeah. higher bar for I mean, your kids than just goal. not doing that's drugs. That's a goal that you have, though, right? I mean, that's one of many. Okay. <laughs> so what's one of my goals? And uh, So I, your, your goal, I what you're telling me. I am 33.33% uh, successful at that goal so far. So one third. I'm are not you saying I'm not going to be 100%. Child? Are you counting your Italian daughter? Uh, well, so okay. you actually if you count her, that lowers my percentage to yeah. 0.25. Yeah. Or 25%. <laughs> but here's why. We found out on vacation uh, in Florida that yeah. my, my youngest son, whose birthday is in a couple of days from recording this, He's going to turn 12. Uh, we found out that he has an allergy to marijuana. Gosh, that's great. That's a great That's a great. <laughs> now, if thing. you're listening to it, you're going to like, well, I don't want to know I, how, you, right? you said this in staff. Or you're like, I'm leaving thinking, this church. Wouldn't it be um, cool if they developed like a pharmaceutical drug that made all kids like allergic to hard drugs? You know, it's just like a Flintstone well, yeah, vitamin. Probably, probably. Wouldn't that be great? That's Narcan. They've basically, <laughs> Narcan. They basically Narcan. Narcan is really not... taking the. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, wouldn't, it, wouldn't that be great? We just every kid. So let me tell in, you what one happened. generation to let be me, done. Let me tell you what happened. So I told the I told the Jackson campus this, but um, we got our Where's rental like, car from Budget. I have had two cars from Budget. Never again. I got one in Texas, and it was it had a CD. It had a CD slot. That's. That's how old this That's rental car something. was. And it had it looked like a golf ball now. Can I say can I just it is tell so you, dented up? When you get a car from a place that has literally a CD called, drive you know that's that is a budget rental. When you when you get a car from a place that's literally called budget, it's it's kinda on you. Well I thought because it's cheaper. I thought they'd still be nice cars. That car was the one we had in Texas was it was old, it was dented, it was it was grimy, it was not clean. So I was like, Well maybe it's just a fluke. So we get this other car, and it's it's a newer car, but the windows are down. When we walk up to it. I'm like, it's weird. I've never rented a car, and the windows have been down. But it's Florida, so it's like maybe it's just Florida, and they're you know it's in a parking garage. And so we get in the car. It reeks of marijuana. Now I've never done marijuana, like, but you know what I mean. Like. I went to the University of Michigan, yeah, so I know what it smells like. You know, there's a lot of it there. Yep. And um, so we get in the car, and I'm like, surely this is, you know gonna go away and so i'm like i'll just drive up to the attendant and tell him that this car reeks of marijuana and they'll give us a new car we drive with the attendant he's and i tell him hey this car reeks of marijuana so he just starts laughing he said ha roll up the windows and enjoy yourselves <laughs> and he opened the gate and that was the end and he walked away i'm pretty sure he was smoking weed in the car because we saw him walk away from the car that area where that car was it wasn't very far from where he was so I'm pretty sure he was smoking weed in this car on his break. So he wasn't going to give us a new car. I'm sorry. It's not funny because he's smoking marijuana. It's just funny that response. The car reeks. Have like fun. Reeks. <laughs> it reeks. You've got a family with four children. And I'm like, I have And you're like, yeah, four have children. fun. So we're all laughing because now we don't know what to do. And we're like, this is so awkward. And so we're driving down and then. My son starts coughing and laughing, and I just figure he's because he's laughing because we're making silly jokes about it. 
And then we get like 15 minutes down the road. He can't breathe. Like he literally cannot breathe. He's wheezing. He's coughing. He can't catch his breath. He's going to throw up. Like he's having allergic reaction. I mean, we have a child that has an EpiPen. She has allergies and we know what allergic reaction is. He's having an allergic reaction. So we're trying to pull over on the side of the road. We end up getting to a Wendy's. Did you have to EpiPen him? No, we had to get children's Benadryl, which is what we did with Kylie before she started going into anaphylactic shock. Uh, it gets progressively worse each time you're exposed. Yeah. And so um, ultimately we're giving him the Benadryl to calm him down, to get him to breathe. And then I'm calling budget and like, hey, I need a car. And like, we'll come back and we'll get your car. I was like, I can't put him in the car. He's having a large reaction to your weed mobile. And, uh, and so they're like, we'll bring you a new car in four to six hours. It's midnight. So, and I'm like, I'm not coming back there. So we ended up, Rolling all the windows down, and we drove 45 minutes to our, our Airbnb, and we stuck Carrick in the front seat, stuck his head out the window. He survived. And they would they were like, we'll replace the car the next day. But I'm like, okay, we'll do that. Well, we went by. It was all a way out of our way, and we wanted to go to, to the Kennedy Space Center. We didn't have time. So I was like, I'm not doing that. We'll just leave the windows down. So we like drove around windows down. But the car reeked of weed progressively less each day. But it's still, even when we turned it in, I'm like, they're going to think this was us. But I now know my son is a an allergy, and so like I'm, I'm like thirty three and three third percent. That's got to make successful. you feel a quarter successful, as I said. And I told him, "Was like you, you can never do any drugs in your life. Yeah, so, <laughs> like you will die. You're going to need an epipen. That's yeah. one of those. You will actually die. Yeah, you will actually yeah, die. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's I mean, it's a real know. life story, but I'm sharing this to talk about children because you did child dedication. Let's see. Look at that do, intro. I did do child dedication. Look how we get into. <laughs> What, what a pivot. What a segue. <laughs> what a great All segue. All we have to talk about child dedication. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know we did child dedication this week, and uh, I, I just, I told, I mean, I told, it was cool because we talked about Hannah in the Bible, and if you don't know about Hannah, Hannah was the husband, uh, the wife of Elkanah, and um, Elkanah had two wives. One was Peninnah and Peninnah had children and Hannah could not. And so Hannah goes to the temple after, you know, a period of time and basically says, God, if you, if you send me a son, I dedicate my son to you. And fast forward, she months later, she has a boy names him Samuel. Samuel becomes a, one of the most, uh, one of the more prolific prophets in the Old mm-hmm. Testament names David as the king of Israel was a was a military leader. He was a priest. He was a seer. He was a a prophet. Like so, really, when you, when it breaks down to it, what we're talking about is like when we dedicate our kids to the Lord, we don't know what God is. And going he was to a, do. a ghost. Right, don't leave that out. <laughs> and that's and yeah. yeah, that's actually important too. Yeah. But, you know, when we talk about that stuff, I think what happens is we kind of think that the process, and this is something I pointed out, was like, we kind of think that the process is, well, I dedicate him to the Lord, and then I don't have to do anything else. But she was faithful with her end of the bargain, because she said, I vow that I'll bring him to you. And it says, basically, the Bible tells us that when he was weaned, she brought him to the temple, which means, basically, when he was off breast milk, which means two or three years old back in that time. Yeah, but in the modern world, it could be five to seven. Yeah, well, I mean, it's back weird. then, back then they, they, they did breastfeed longer yeah. back then as well. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking two, three, yeah. maybe even Somewhere in old. the early years of his life, yeah. pre-kindergarten, so basically. So, definitely young, and she brought him to the temple and dedicated him to the Lord and gave him to the, the priests. I mean, they were part of the line of the, the Levites, so they were Levi's. Um, they were Levites, and so, you know, they... 
they he became they were Levi's. I mean, they were Levites. So, <laughs> I mean, I got these hey, Levi's. Hey, listen here, <laughs> Moses married Rebecca. Get out of my face. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I just love it. I just pictured Samuel just walking around <laughs> with Levi's, with Ju- yeah. rocking yeah. around the the Judean hillside yeah. with his Levi's on. Yeah. Yeah, but no. So so it's cool because I got to talk about. Believe it or not, I feel like this story. Um, the story is really touching for anybody who's dealt with infertility. I think um, because we don't know from scripture because scripture doesn't denote. Mm-hmm. But in the midrash, which is a Jewish uh, a Jewish document that's heralded as is fairly historically accurate, they uh, denote that she was she was barren for 19 years so 19 years from what context we understand is how long she waited to have a a child and could not and i know for my wife and i we struggled for about four and a half years and um we know how painful that is and the statistics now are because of you know because all sorts of things because of birth control because of chemicals because of you know just in general health you know that there's a good sizable portion of women now who are struggling with infertility and so for us it was i i talked about that a little bit and how our journey like that was we i i said like it was hard for us and i can't even imagine the suffering that she went through but even in the midst of the suffering she was faithful to what god had called her to do and she was faithful through and through um, because even when she had a child, instead of going back on her word and going, well, I have a kid now and I don't have to worry about it. She still was faithful. Yeah, because she's, like she, she took God's do. gift and ran with it. Like, yep. I'm not giving it back to you. Yep. I mean, I think people do that. Like, I, I want all this stuff, but then God's like, I want you to give it back. Well, no, 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 I don't want to give it back. Like, I think people have a hard time with that. I think that's the whole issue with like tithing and stewardship of resources. Like, you know, God gives us so much, but we have a hard time giving it back to him when he gives it to us freely as from his love for us and his providing for us. And so I think that's why Hannah is so faithful as she's willing to say, Lord, I appreciate what you have done for me, this miraculous thing, but you give me my son. I'll, I'll keep my promise and I'll return him to you. And I think it's a powerful example of loving your creator and being obedient to following in, his footsteps when it comes to understanding the promises that we make, understanding mm-hmm. the commitment that we make to him and, and being grateful for all that he does for us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We, we got to talk about, um, one of the things I brought up is in our church right now that we're, we're, we're dealing with a loss of somebody, um, who really is beloved in our community. And, um, his name's Jeremiah, and his mom, Becca, works at our church, and she has faithfully served and attended our church for a long time. And um, he was he was not not well um, for a long time. And one of the things I said is that that in the midst of having a child, she was she was a good steward of his life. Mm-hmm. She was an excellent steward of his life. And I said that when it comes down to it, there is when we talk about people who are faithful to raising their children and doing whatever they can to love and care for their kids and dedicate them to the Lord. I, I do think of, I do think of Becca and Jeremiah. think of how hard she fought to, to make sure that she did what was right by Jeremiah and right by the Lord at every turn. Mm -hmm. And powerful. And, um, you know, when I think about, you know, one one of the things I said is that, you know, I want to live as a parent, a life like that, 
with my kids where at the end, I, there is no question in my heart that I did everything I possibly could to make sure that my kids knew the love of the Lord. And I think that that is, that is no different for her. Yeah. I think she did everything possible to make sure that Jeremiah, whether he understood fully or comprehended, knew the love of the Lord. And, um, yeah, yeah. I think those are, I think those are things that are, and I, I mean, we believe that he's with the Lord now, full, full body, mind. Right. Yep. And, he's made, um, made new. And that's awesome. Yeah. So I think that that's the rejoicing that, that Becca understands her sacrifice led to him being able to be reunited with his Savior and complete and new. And, you know, she fought hard for him and fought hard for, for his care. And so uh, it's just thankful for watching mm-hmm. her go through that process because she sacrificed a great deal. Yeah. And, you know, the Bible says no greater love than one man after another lay down his life for a friend. I pretty much without giving her life over, like in death, she gave everything to Jeremiah to take care of him. And you could see that in the way she loved him and raised him. And so uh parents don't always do that these days. You don't always see that, even for parents with healthy children. And so when you do see it it is it is palpable and powerful and so I think it's a good testament to why we need to make sure that we raise our children to know the Lord and love him so they follow closely after him and are willing to sacrifice for others in the same way mm-hmm. that Jesus sacrificed yep. himself for us. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, when we talk about faithfulness and we talk about Hebrews 11 and what was considered faithfulness, I think about, it, like, Hannah, there's a point where Hannah vows and Eli's talking to her. It's kind of funny, the interaction. The, you know, the, the priest Eli is sitting there and he goes like, you know, be gone, be gone woman and stop drinking strong drink basically. Cause she's praying and she's, she's in her hurt and her pain. She's praying to herself with her eyes closed and her lips are moving. So it looks like she's talking to herself. So Eli says like, be gone woman and be done with your strong drink. And she's like, I, I haven't had any wine or any strong drinks or like, you know, but yeah, Lord, I promise. And like, I'm just, it's out of my great strife and vexation that I'm here. And, and he basically says like, go and be blessed. And there's this moment where it says, and the sadness, you know, like in her heart was no longer sad. Right. And she was at peace with whatever God had decided in that moment. She was at peace. Cause she didn't know for sure. She had hope, she had faith, but she didn't know for sure what was going to happen. But she was at peace in that moment that no matter what was going on, that God was still good and that she was going to serve him regardless. And scripture is pretty clear that she was faithful regardless and that, um, you know, as a re- result, I think God, I think God did bless her in that moment with something incredible, you know, and, yeah. and set her up to, to have be a big part of the story. Like, mm-hmm. cause you think about it, Samuel is Samuel. Her son is the one that identified David as the, as the future King of, of Jerusalem, you know, King yeah. of Israel. So he went on to do great things because she was able to fulfill her promise. Yep. Absolutely. And give him back to the Lord. Yep. And receive that blessing. So uh, just imagine what God can do in the life of your children and your grandchildren if you raise them to know the Lord and dedicate their upbringing to the Lord. It's powerful. So I encourage you to do so and and look forward to the success of loving your children. And we can't make our kids love Christ, but we can give them every opportunity. And that's all we should strive for, to give them every opportunity to know, love, and follow Jesus. Yep. Good luck. Yeah.